Um, very excited to be here. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a tough decision. You know, it's obviously tough to leave um, what you know and and what we had. Um, but things happen, and you got to move on. You know, I'm thankful for everything that I had in, in Seattle and, you know, what those fans brought and what my teammates brought. But I'm looking forward to moving on to a new chapter and helping this team win ball games. Obviously, the things they did at the end, end of the season, the last five games were unbelievable. And <clears throat> we hope to repeat that success um, in the upcoming year. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy is a tremendous asset for this team, and he played outstanding football. But there are a lot of young guys who, who I expect to have have a leap from, from last year to this year. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge of, of growing with another group of men and, and bringing them back to the top. Richard, did the 49ers, did John and Kyle have to convince you that this was the right place for you? Um, no, no, they didn't. Um, I wouldn't have t- taken the, the visit first if I, if I didn't feel comfortable with what they offered as a team, um, their chances at, at, at competing and winning. In this football league, you know, obviously I've been part of a lot of winning teams, and um, I know what it takes, and I know the formula, and I think they have it here. From afar, you've seen, I'm sure, the kind of dysfunction that's, that's been in this organization for several years. So what about this, this current incarnation of the 49ers makes you believe that this is a place that's ready to win? Well, it's, 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 it's John and it's Kyle. Um, they brought stability to this organization. Uh, they brought fun. Uh, they brought belief. They brought faith. Uh, the players believe they can win. The players believe in the staff. I think the staff, everybody that I've spoken to speaks very highly about everybody in the staff. Um, Kyle is obviously innovative offensively and had a ton of respect for, for the way he calls the game for a long time. You know, we've played him since, I mean, I want to say my sophomore rookie year, actually, when he was with Washington. Um, and he always gives us he always gives us issues, you know, with plays that we've never seen um, routes that we've never seen concepts and then the rest of the league piggybacks on what he has and they're like, oh my God, look at these great offensive coordinators. Like literally, they're just copying what this, this guy did against us for the past five games. So, I mean, congratulations, you can copy that. But, uh, but I, I really um, appreciate his offensive approach um, and defensively with Robert Sala, you know, it's familiarity there. You know, I've done well in the scheme. I've played well in the scheme. I know it like the back of my hand, the front of my hand. Um, in terms of the distance from my family, you know, I'm a West Coast guy. I'm a Bay Area guy. Well, I'm an L.A. guy, but, you know, spent five years in the Bay Area going to Stanford. So, you know, I've won a lot of games wearing, wearing red. Richard, for years and years, we tried to get you on a conference call before <laughs> Niner games, and you were unsuccessful. You guys, you guys got me on a ton of them before, like, the NFC Championship. You guys stopped asking. And then I did a press conference every Wednesday. Well, okay, now let me finish. <laughs> so, we were unsuccess- largely unsuccessful getting you on a conference call. Dan, we just had you on a conference call, and you're back to talk to us again. Do you regret not talking to us? <laughs> did, did you, were you part of that conference call? Did you see how it went? <laughs> no, that's, that's, what, that's what was frightening me. That wasn't my dog. The radio station put us on hold. They wouldn't mute us, you know. Maybe, maybe there's something to that, you know. Um, you know, you guys are great, though. You know, I, I enjoy talking to you, but you know, I don't enjoy hearing the radio stations ad over and over and over again. <laughs> sure, uh, your, your health and your projection, your timetable on, on getting back on the field. What do you perceive? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be back on the field May June. Um, you know, I. I was back on the treadmill before I had to get the little scope, um, and I, I look forward to renewing that timeline in the next couple of weeks. You know, obviously I got a wedding to go to, and 
some things to do. It's going to be quite the march for me. Um, you know, 30th birthday, wedding, new team, new environment. You know, we'll, we'll write that down in the record books later about how this day went or this month went. But I'm excited about it. So that timeline will be fine. I think, I think, you know, people like to, you know, with the Achilles or any injury, people like to compare other people. Um, you know, this guy came back like this, this guy coming back like that. There are some people that are cut from a different cloth and built from, from different things, and, and I think I'm one of those people, and I look forward to showing people that you can come back better from things, you know. I know AP did it, but that was a knee, and, you know, but I look forward to coming back better than ever and got a lot of things to, to show a few people. Can you explain that a little further? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, my, on my left heel, it was a bone spur that I had been, been, been dealing with for about three years. And I'd just been postponing it, getting it done um, every year. You know, one year was my son being born. We had lost the Super Bowl. My son was being born. So, you know, I didn't want to get it done then. Then we went on vacation. And they're like, you, you, you're going to be out for a month and a half, two months. So I'm like, you know, when do you really want to be walking around on crutches on vacation? The next year, same deal. You know, you push it back, push it back. And this year we had booked it before the season even started because my, you know, trainers were like, oh, you pushed it back far enough. And so we had booked it in July. And, you know, after the, the Achilles ruptured, I just had to wait a couple more weeks and, and get it done then um, when my Achilles got strong enough. So is that, that's on pace for how, how long is the recovery for that as opposed to? Oh, it's four to six weeks, four to six weeks. You know, it's just, just bone edema and, you know, getting the swelling out and just getting back to it. It's not nothing structurally with my Achilles or anything. Richard, what was important for you to negotiate your own contract? And how did that experience go? It was, it was really important to me. You know, I think that, um, a lot of times in our league, there are players that that have the ability to do that and have the ability to structure their own deals and 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 really take advantage of of just being being in control of their own destiny. You know, sometimes these these agents, you know, they're great agents in our game that take care of their players, make sure our that our players are are ready for life after football, their finances, um, whatever the case may be. And then there are some agents who who negotiate a deal in 2006 and don't talk to their client again until 2010 you know, or whatever the case may be. And that's the things that we're trying to avoid, um, you know, and I'm trying to avoid. Uh, and, you know, I didn't feel like I needed age, and I felt like I knew contracts well enough, and I felt like, you know, coming off the Achilles, there's not, you know, there's going to be negotiation points. There's going to be give and takes on both sides, and I felt comfortable with that. Richard, you know, <coughs> asked in some circles for the contract you signed. What takes you off the most, or what do you think is the more biggest misconception from what you've heard? Well, the biggest misconception is that, that it's a bad deal. I think... You know, if you're comparing it to my last deal in Seattle, I had no money guaranteed. So if, you're, if, if I'm basing it off just going off my last year, year in Seattle and you compared it, I got no money guaranteed. I'm going in, in, into Seattle. I'm coming off a ruptured Achilles. You know, what, what do I have? What security do I have there? Um, with this deal, I get $5 million guaranteed, which is half of my other contract. I get the ability to make more than I could, could have done, whether I played at an all-pro level or not, in Seattle. And that's really all that I wanted. And I play at the level that I'm capable of. I feel security in the upcoming years, and I feel comfortable with that. Um, and and I'm, I'm great with that. I think the thing I'm most frustrated about is that, you know, all the people that were, like, so high on bashing this deal refuse to bash the agents that, that do awful deals every year. I mean, there, there are agents out there that are doing, you know, $3 million fully guaranteed deals that look like $50 million deals. When, when the guy gets cut after two weeks or after a year and the guy only makes $5 million of a $50 million contract and nobody sits there and bashes the agent. You don't hear any Florio writing any articles about it. I mean, the kid from Philly, I think Brenham or something, it's a one-year 
$6 million deal, but to everybody else, it's a $40 million deal. There's nobody to bash it because nobody's even paying attention to most of these agents and their deals. And so I think that this was just one of those things where the agents feel uncomfortable with a player taking an initiative um, to do his own deal. It, it obviously puts a fire under them. It makes them um, more accountable for their actions because pl more players will do this. Um, so I feel comfortable with it. Have you heard from players around the league? Do you think it's going to become a trend? I do. I, I've heard from a lot of players, and a lot of players were already, excuse me, on board with doing this and, and, and thinking of doing this, and um, I just gave them the confidence to move forward with them. Obviously, I'm coming off an of injury, so, so the logistics of things changed slightly, but I think a lot more players feel educated enough to, to go forward and, and negotiate their own deals. I think um, these agents sometimes benefit from relationships. Oh, I know this GM. Oh, we've had, we've had dealings with for years. And, and they really don't have to do a ton of work. You know, hey, I called this guy. How much are you willing to give him? Oh, $5 million. Okay, I'll, I'll convince him that that's good enough. You know, instead of guys being able to control their own destiny, being in control of, of their own finances. And I think it goes back to just educating our players in general um, on their own finances and being in control of your own life. And I think more of our players are you served as the Seahawks player representative, right? Thank you. Is that something that you'd want to do here? And is that, you know, Eric Reed was it the last few years with the 49ers. Are you concerned at all what his status is in the league right now? Um, we are concerned um, because he played at a high level for, for just about every year that he's played in this league. He's made enough plays to, to be signed with the league, I mean, signed with the team and, and to make his money. You know, he, he deserves his money. You know, if safeties make a certain amount, you know, I think I would think he's top five, top ten safeties in this league, so um, he deserves to be paid accordingly. So there is concern there um, because you would think a player of his caliber and his quality would, would be picked up by now, but, you know, I think they're, you know, you know great teams are still looking and, and, and people are still looking for players, and um, I'm praying that he gets picked up, but if he doesn't, then I think there will be a conversation with the league office and the, and the union on um, potential legal action. And would you you'd want to pursue being the Players Association rep here? Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm on the executive committee for the Players Union already, but I, I'd love to continue to be a rep. Um, I think it's an honor to serve your men and to, to help the next generation of players um, in any way I can. Richard, on a related note, when you were considering your options in your short time as a free agent, how important was it to come to a team like the 49ers that have been at the forefront of player activism? Um, I think, I, I honestly, that didn't really come into to play as much. Um, obviously, I, I feel free to, to speak as I, as, as I want, you know, obviously, um, in terms of how I feel on, on different social issues, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, the 49ers have, have been open to allowing their players the freedom to, to express themselves on this platform. That, so that is something that, that, that is great about this organization. But uh, the biggest thing was, was Kyle and, and John reaching out Initially, you know, they reached out within five, ten minutes of, of the news hitting the wire. And, and just having that kind of respect um, from a team means a lot to, to me. You know, there are other teams that reached out um, consequently after. But, uh, but I think that meant a lot to me, just, just, just a want of a team. You know, a team showing you that they want you, that they value you. Um, obviously, Seattle showed that they didn't value me as much, you know, letting me go see the market. So I think there's something to be said for both. Given your... Um, I got you next. Uh, the catch rule, getting rid of the going to the ground part of that, in terms of communicating exactly to the ground. What are your, your perspective on that? 
I'm in favor of it because it gives the refs more clarity, and I think anytime you give the referees the referees more of a, a, a straight line edge to, to call plays, I think it's better for the game. I think, obviously, there's been a lot of scrutiny on the catch rule, and last year, we, we, you know, my team was at the wrong end of it. A guy ran, caught the ball, ran three, four steps, put his hand on the ground, fell, fumbled the ball, and nobody touched him, and they said it was an incomplete pass, and it was the, the, the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen. And I think that they need to do more rules like that. They need to take the gray area out of a lot more rules because the rule book is getting too crazy. It's getting too extensive. Um, you know, every, every game, you're, the refs are getting scrutinized left and right when it's like it's a bang-bang play. This game is happening a million miles an hour, and, and there's really nothing you can do about it. The rule book is so complex. So how many times can you think of, you know, 1,500 rules in a second of a play and, and see which ones apply to that particular play? So I think anytime they can simplify the rule book and simplify the, the ref's understanding and the public's understanding, it's better for the game. Given the, the nature of the rivalry between the Seahawks and the 49ers and all that happened with you at the center of it, was it a little surreal to, to put on the suit today and, and, and see yourself in the hat? I'm a pro's pro. Um, you know, I, like, like I said, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the team, the team that wanted me is the team whose logo I'm wearing today, and it's a business. Um, you know, the Seahawks went and made their business decision and made the decision that they needed to make. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers made the decision that they needed to make. And I look forward to helping them win ball games. At the end of the day, you know, the rivalry is what it is. It'll be renewed, I'm sure. And I'll be at the center of it again, I guess. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm just coming here to help this team win ball games. I like what they stand for. I like the direction the team's headed. And I look forward to making new memories. Negotiations with Fraud lasted five and a half hours. Can you talk a little bit about that whole process? Don't take, don't take John out of this. Don't take John out of this. John was in there, too. Um, yeah, it was, it was a long negotiation, and I think it was, it was probably, I would, I would think, one of the more respectful negotiations that anybody, you know, it's just, just pure business. You know, I think people were like, you know, is he going to get emotional? He's an emotional player. Um, what is he going to do? And, the, you know, there's so, so much speculation. It was ridiculous. You know, at, at the end of the day, you got to separate you as a football player from you as a businessman. You know, I don't sit in business meetings and just go crazy. Oh, my God, you know, what, what kind of deal is that? You know, nobody does that. Um, so at the end of the day, we, we, I gave them the pros and the cons, I thought, of me as a player. They gave me the pros and the cons. They offered me a deal. Um, we manipulated some of the numbers on that deal over five hours. Um, I think I got to a place where I felt comfortable with the numbers and, and the security um, with me playing at the level that I'm accustomed to, and I think they felt comfortable with their security of, you know, if I never get back to playing and I never get to step back a foot on the field, that, you know, they need the ability to, to be able to cut ties and not put themselves um, at a disadvantage financially. And I, and I understand that because, you know, I understand how this game goes, and I look forward to, to showing them um, who I've been. You're going, be joining more, a, please? you're going to be joining a very uh, young secondary, especially at, at cornerback, do you enjoy that aspect of the game, sort of imparting your knowledge to, to younger guys? And second question, do you know Akella Witherspoon at all? Are you familiar with his game? I'm familiar with his game more than I am with him as a person, personally. Um, and I, I look forward to the challenge. You know, I've always been a guy to, to take young guys under my wing and give them any advice that they wanted, you know, or they were seeking. Um, whether it's staying after practice and, and spending countless hours of just technique or, or up in the film room when nobody's watching, just, you know, this is what I see, this is how I see it, this is situational football. These are fundamental things for me that I look for in a formation, um, in a game, in a player, uh, in a split. 
And I look forward to, to helping this group grow. I think that um, one of my best attributes is, is, is leadership and um, helping guys get the best out of themselves. And I think that at the end of the day, that's all I want to do. I want to help them become better men and better players, um, whatever that may be. You know, if that means on the field, just communicating better. If that's off the field, just, you know, getting your affairs in order in a better way that, that is more conducive to us success. I think that that's my job, and I take that responsibility seriously. Last one, guys. You Uh, I think it's both. I think it's kind of much ado about nothing in terms of the organization and how we, we communicated internally. Um, on the outside, there was definitely a way for me to handle it better. Um, you know, there, was, there were a lot of conversations that went on before that all culminated. Um, but there's definitely, you know, some, some growing in that moment, um, some learning, and I can appreciate that. Uh, I think Cal, Cal and I spoke about that the first time we, we sat down and had dinner.